listeners, you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. This is Zach Andra, your host, and with me, as always, is the beardless but inimitable Steve Gandra. How are you, Steve? I'm just glad you didn't stop at the butt, because, I mean, I, I've been responding to the, to the inimitable immu- and immutable in- for a time, but when you said beardless, beardless butt, I just want to make sure you weren't calling me a beardless butt. Beardless butt, but, yeah. You, Steve has a big problem with me having a uh, large man beard. He thinks it's just not savvy enough for the corporate yahoos that we do business with. So, <laughs> so if you're a corporate yahoo that's in favor of of uh, long, you know, uh, redneck style, you yeah. know, Willie Robinson beards, it's, you know, shoot us an email at asktheexpert yeah. at excellentcultures.com. And don't, in. don't shoot us an email. Um, I told Steve just to Google and we'll forward CEOs. And we'll forward all those to Zach. I, I told Steve just to CEO or to, to Google CEOs with beards and he would find out that I'm not the only one. And forgive me for calling you corporate yahoos and we're not doing business. We're doing the best we can to serve each other. So uh, that I am excited about. And we're excited about the the opportunity you have for to be with us in January, January 21st and 22nd, right, Steve? Right, in Bellevue. Yep, in Bellevue, Washington. Um, I'm a Seattle fan, but Steve's a, a Bellevue Redmond guy, and we're going to be in Bellevue doing Achieving Excellent Cultures workshop, which uh, we're just out of beta in that in that fact. We've we've compiled 30 years of awesome and are bringing it to you guys. So uh, do you want to, do you have anything to say about that well, workshop, just, Steve? Well, just that it's actually 37 years of awesome. Oh, yeah, where that's true. It took us a long time to compile all of the best practices of what great high-performing business cultures that are both engage, you know, have engaged employees and effective high performance over the top, you know, leave the competition in the dust, you know, performance records uh, do in common. Yeah. And uh, this is a workshop gate, you know, built for leaders. That's all about, you know, how do you create that kind of environment? You know, two days. Uh, it is a real commitment, but. The feedback that we're getting so far has been 4.9 on a scale of 5. Right, and it's been awesome. And uh, so we're happy to do that. We did last show offer a free giveaway. Are we wanting to do that again? We should do a free giveaway I think show. we should only do 50% off okay. because... <laughs> I'm, I like the free giveaway. You like, all right, we can know. give the free giveaway. That's totally fine. I mean, you got you to gotta answer to the accountant for the bottom dollars, and I just get to have fun. So, <laughs> um, have fun not answering <laughs> for the bottom dollars. Absolutely. So we'll do that. We'll do a freebie. Uh, for anybody that you email us at asktheexperts at excellentcultures.com and you clear your calendar for January 21st and 22nd, put in the subject line freebie. And tell us why you think you deserve a freebie, a scholarship to this workshop. Yeah, I don't care. I'm just more interested in your email so we can get uh, give you a useless junk mail. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, no useless junk just mail. Just kidding. But we are excited to have you and we're excited to have you as part of that. And Steve, we have a uh, second week in a row now that we have a business practitioner turned academic. Uh, do you want to introduce our Well, I mean, I've, I've been after Jack Rhodes for quite a while now to be on the show, and we finally got him to find a slot in his schedule where uh, he could actually be with us. Jack uh, has done something that, you know, I think every, every university on the planet should be doing. I mean, Jack is a real-world business leader, yeah. you know, has a background, you know, that includes, you know, military and, you know, corporate experience and entrepreneurial experience. And uh, he now, as the director of um, the Foster School at the University of Washington Foster School, if you're listening from out of state on the podcast, uh, is the professional, you know, business school at the University of Washington, world-class, world-rated, you know, organization. Jack's the director of the sales program. Yeah, the professional sales program. And And I know the way that I got to know Jack is many of our clients are his grads. I mean, guys, executives who have been in his program and who have just raved about what they've learned. Yeah. Uh, from Jack and his program. So here's a guy that has been able to take, you know, the real world of performance in sales and marketing, boil it down to a specific learnable criteria that meets, you know, academic standards in a, you know, educational institution of higher learning yeah. and is, is delivering it, you know, at his program and doing it exceptionally well. And by exceptionally well, I mean, I'm talking to the guys that are his grads. Well, let's get Jack on the show, and uh, let's pull him up and let him pimp his own his own stuff yeah. that he's given. Jack, Jack we're welcome. glad to have you. Yeah, welcome. Here's our clap track. Yeah, yeah. T- Thank t- you. Tell us about the work you're doing at the Foster School. I think it's so exciting. Well, hello to both of you, and it's an honor to be here. appreciate the opportunity to share what's going on at the Foster School. We have the Foster Professional Sales Program here, and it's been about 15 years in the making, to be specific about it. 
we've been very fortunate that we've been able to generate generate interest from what I call the three legs of the stool, the stool being support from the students in terms of having a strong interest in sales, professional sales, and with an emphasis on business to business. And then we got very strong support from the Foster School and have had strong support throughout that period of time to be able to go on a program that's really an elective program when you're also working with the students who have to take certain core courses in order to get through the Foster School as well as other schools, and I'll comment on that in a moment. And then strong corporate support. The corporations uh, have to have a need for the product that ultimately graduates from the sales program. So it started about 15 years ago, and uh, we've been immensely successful. I say that because of the growth in terms of the numbers of students who have earned a certificate in sales in addition to their degree concentration. So let me just give you an idea of that growth in terms of numbers. If we go back a few years... We had like uh, 50 students, and then another 50, and then another 70, and then 73, then 89. Last year we graduated 124, and this year we're budgeted for 150. And uh, right now we're looking at 230 people who have applied to win their certificate. Wow. So that kind of gives you a a flavor for the growth Mm. and a flavor for where the support is in the program. And from a standpoint of, you know, my observation, uh, the school support has been outstanding. They've allowed us to grow at that level. We've got three instructors that participate selling, teaching sales as well as sales management, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about the curriculum in another segment. And so kind of that's kind of the overview of what we do in terms of growth. I would say we have more corporate interest at this point almost than we can supply, even though we have that many applicants. So what's really saying is the product that's coming out is filling the need, and the need as we see it, and as I think others see it across the country, is that professional sales today is unlike what your imagination may think it was in the past. Professional sales today needs to encompass the knowledge of business. You need to understand in order to professionally sell to businesses and corporations, you need to understand what they're going through. You need to understand how accounting impacts it, how operations impacts it, how channels impact it. And if you don't understand that, You see, we're no longer just conveyors of information. We have to solve needs. We have to be consulted. Mm. And in order to solve those needs, we have to understand what the needs are of the corporation. So that's kind of what we're doing at this point. It's beautiful. Yeah, great great description. And and before we go too far, Jack, we didn't see on your bio, but we just want to make sure the listeners know, do you have any background in radio or sports broadcasting with that voice of yours? I do not. No. See, you missed your calling, man. He's a sales guy. It's beautiful. He's a beautiful voice. So, hey, Jack, as as um, just just kind of a side question here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, years ago, I used to feel like, well, a professional salesperson is a person who makes their living selling stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, in today's world, as you just described it, you know, it's a whole different definition. Can you give our listeners just a little snapshot of your definition of what is a professional salesperson? Well, a professional salesperson has graduated from being the conveyors of information. Technology has taken that out of our out of our toolkit, so to speak, because the the buyers today totally can get that kind of information. And you know, we're no longer in the era where the communications are uh, are not clear to the buyers that we sell to. So, in order to graduate from just the conveyors conveyors of information, and this started some years ago. When I say some years ago. You know, the late 1960s and 1970s is when companies like IBM and Xerox came out with professional selling programs that really started to lean us towards a, you know, a consultative, consulting type of sales approach where the salesperson had to find out the needs of the customer. And once they found out the needs of the customer, then they had to figure out a way to, to develop a product that fit that customer's needs. Now, we've graduated from that because of the impact of technology. The technology focus today means that we have to even be much sharper than we were in just the consultative selling era. So from that perspective, we not only have to understand business today, we have to be able to communicate with the tools that we have in terms of technology, and we not only have to be consultative, we have to develop big and deep relationships. And then one other thing, we have to identify what our strengths are in each individual sales purposes, per, uh, people. And from that perspective, we've got, we've got companies out there that haven't fully understood that yet because we're going to a team development concept in addition to an individual sales. So we have to take a look at teams and putting teams together. And not only do we have to understand the 
the jobs that are being done at the corporate level, we have to understand that we're going to be selling to a lot more decision makers than we ever used to. So now we really have to understand business. We have to develop relationships. We have to be consultative. We have to find out the needs, and we have to then... In an organization, we have to have relationships that are vertical and horizontal. Wow. So professional salesperson today is a lot more like an MD than than they are like a newspaper salesperson. Absolutely. Perfect yeah. analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. great, great description, too. I mean, just just not just the consultative problem-solving approach, but, the, but you better know what you're talking about, and you better understand business, and you better understand how a business functions, and you better have a team, and you better have relationships that would trust you, uh, or it doesn't work. That's exactly right. No yeah. question. And to get there today, to be honest with you, they have to be able to want to and be measured. I mean measured by more than just a sales quota. There are all sorts of ways in which we can measure salespeople today. So they have to understand measurements both within their organization and both within the companies that they're calling on. For example, it's not just a product, as I mentioned earlier, but they're going to be measured by a lot of other criteria. It's delivery. The salesperson has nothing to do with delivery per se, but if he commits that they're going to deliver 93% commit of a sale that they made earlier, then he has to work internally with his own organization to make sure those are commitments that can be withheld. Yeah, so a relationship manager and a leader as well just to be carrying this certificate of a professional salesperson. Yeah, within his own organization as well as within right. the customer's yeah. organization. Yeah, well said. It's not just about customer service. It's about the customer service within. That's exactly right. Which, uh, who did we have on that talked to us about that? It was the dean of Foster School, right? Was yeah. it Dr. Uh, Bruce? Yeah, uh, that was Dr. Avolio. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he used that term quite yeah. a bit. He's, the, leader, he's the leadership expert at the Foster School. Brilliant. Okay, so you guys got a, all the listeners got, you got a little, a little peep there of where we're going here. We got to hit our first break and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy. To do list done supersonic growth but over time the sharp edge gets dull and good is good enough why because companies forget that bigger is not always better that politics crush people innovation and creativity and before you can say rotten corporate culture social media posts are infecting your business the answer it's not just your corporate strategies it's your corporate culture excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast these guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500 or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate, bottom-line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. And we're back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. We have Jack Rhodes on the phone with us from the Foster School of Business. Steve, where were where are we headed next? Well, um, I think Jack kind of hit on these two subjects in the last section. So if you didn't catch the last section, 
make sure you go to excellentcultures.com slash podcast and catch the first section because Jack did a wonderful job of describing, you know, what a professional salesperson is today. And a professional salesperson is not someone who makes their living by selling. Um, so, Jack, t- t- take us another step. What's what's the future of selling, specifically in a in a B two B or business to business? You know, uh, one business selling product to another business. You know, what's the future look like with all of the technology and everything that you've alluded to earlier? Well, a lot of things are happening, and the cultures are changing uh, dramatically. For example. Inside sales, which many people are probably thinking is telemarketing, is not what I'm talking about. Inside sales has grown, you know, exponentially in the last couple, three years. There's an association out there that is strictly inside sales. Many of our graduates start in inside sales. And it's also been proven uh, from the research that's been done that somebody moving from an inside sales position to an outside sales position is really well qualified to move in that direction if they so want to. And others stay inside because they can not only make a lot of money, it is a skill set that they can do in their basically a location that may be near to their own home. So when I say inside sales, for example, we have uh, graduated a young man about three years ago, went to a company in the technology field. I actually went one to the first one, then he went to a second one, which was more in his wheelhouse. It really dealt strictly with technology. And he was the person who did the approach work. He had to be totally knowledgeable about the product. He had to be totally knowledgeable about the customer. He had to be totally knowledgeable about the customer's customer. And he worked in relationship in in consultation with the outside salesperson. But he was in Seattle, and his territory was in Tennessee. Wow. And Very complex. And this is selling uh, technology products, right? That's selling technology products. And it brought the, he brought the he brought the customer up to a given level, and then lateraled that pro, that customer off to the outside salesperson, who developed the face to face, belly to belly type uh, relationships that were needed at that point in time, and maybe even the involvement more closely with the people inside the uh, the firm they were selling to, in terms of other than just the people who were going to be the, doing the buying, other people who had that stakes in the sale. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, for years now, a few years now, you've got, you know, the IBMs and the Xeroxes of the world, you know, the big corporate entities that are built, you know, especially on technology and developing products that have really, you know, not necessarily perfected their sales training and sales learning, mm-hmm. but gotten close. You know, why does this, why, why have a program like this at the university level when folks can go to work and learn from their employer? Excellent point, and I can't speak for all employers, but I think as we've gone through a recessionary period and a serious one at that, some of the things that got dropped by the wayside, and one of those could have easily been could have easily been inside sales training. Now, not all corporations did do that, but it's one of the bottom line things that doesn't necessarily show up and can be an expense that might be uh, downplayed. That's one reason they they stopped doing some of the inside some of the training inside to develop their own. Another reason is there's no better place for people to learn the skill sets and what's needed in terms of content than an educational than an edu- educational institution, and that's because we can offer them cross pollinization with all of the other departments in the business school, such as finance and accounting and information systems, etc., which are going to be integral in their success in sales. And then one point I haven't made is our program here at the Foster School is not just limited to business school students. It's uh, open to any student who has an interest in professional selling. But those students have to take a curriculum that gets them through the basics of the business that a business school student would take in, in their core environment. So we, we take people from econ and communications and psychology and sociology, etc. They take a curriculum that gets the background in business and then in addition to that, then they take the core courses in our program, which include a principles of selling course, a Salesforce management course, and a practicum, an internship practicum where we pair the students up with a corporation in the spring quarter of their senior year, hopefully in an area of their interest. And then those corp- that corporation and that student put together a package that over a 10-week period of time, the student has a measurable to the company, and the company has a measurable give back to the student. 
those kinds of things just aren't necessarily available within yeah, a company. For sure. And so this practicum then is a real-world selling experience in a real organization where they're able to take what they learned in the program, practice it, and apply it, and actually be measured on their effectiveness of doing so, as well as sounds like the uh, corporation that they're working for is measuring the you know student in terms of their effectiveness as well. Mm-hmm. And one other component, the corporation has 50% of their grade, and I have the other 50%. Wow. Wow. So what a, what a way for young, aspiring you know business professionals or even sales professionals who don't have a background or are not business students uh, to learn the to learn the real world of what they're going to be facing in the market when they go out to you know make a living beyond and pay off their student loans precisely. you know beyond their academic career precisely yeah precisely and if we've married married them up uh, then hopefully we can they, we've got them in an area of their interest but if not they've taken away the knowledge that is you know is real world we we kind of have a byline we say you know the foster professional sales program where sales education meets real world application yeah, absolutely. So earlier you spoke to a bit about how technology has changed everything, you know, in the professional sales world. And other than just the fact that any customer can get any information on the Internet, searching it out on their own, uh, at their own free will, on their own schedule, what what other impacts has technology made on the world of professional sales? Well, here's where it's uh, the Internet basically, you know, has made these kinds of changes. They've Obviously, uh, obviously, built-up selling is now consultative rather than informational, because they have they have information that the that uh, the salesperson has access to, but so does the uh, the customer. And uh, you know the the aggressive sales tactics that were used in the past are now meaningless. Basically, we're not just only closers, and technology has provided us the opportunity to have a broad breadth of knowledge that we wouldn't have other had, and it's not just always be closing, as they used to say. Now, we know how to diagnose problems, and the technology that's available to diagnose those problems are many times available on the net. And I haven't even touched on social media and how that's impacted the communications aspect of selling. I haven't touched on, on CRM systems. CRM systems, for example, allow you know, allow a 360-degree view of a company, and if you're tapped into a CRM system, that you need to know the status of an order and you're a salesperson, you can do that on the spot. You can find out today if a shipment left, you know, left uh, someplace in Indiana and it was destined to be in San Francisco, you can find out the location of that on the Internet. So all of that kind of data is now available to you, and you don't have any in-between to worry about. So, you know, the social media aspect is critical in terms of communication, the, the uh, spreadsheet analysis work. We are much more metrics-driven in sales than we ever used to be, and technology has definitely impacted that. Well, it sounds like, as a result, salespeople need to be much more fluent with how to take advantage of utilizing that te- that technology in order to be better problem solvers. Because what I hear you saying is the days of the hardcore, aggressive, close, 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 close is giving way to the uh, professional, intelligent uh technology-savvy problem solver that makes a difference from a standpoint of how can the salesperson help the business that is their customer solve problems that aren't getting solved without their contribution, as opposed to how good are they at persuading the customer that they should have their product as opposed to a competitor's. Yeah, it's no longer really product-driven. It's more functional-driven, and it's, it, it's, uh, it's more consultative-driven. Etc. You're absolutely correct. So you, you hit a second a second ago. You hit on the these three courses, these core courses that mm-hmm. you know make up part of the program. Hey, Are Steve. There... Before we before we get into that, can I ask a quick social media question? Sure. I'm cutting you off only because uh, you're going back into education, and I want to hit this up about technology because uh, I want to know Jack's thoughts on it. Like it seems like it would be easier these days to get the message out because of social media and the internet and all these other things. Uh, than it would have been 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. But that, wouldn't that also increase our number of challenges because there's so much noise? How do we break through the noise? you got to differentiate. There's no question about that. And you, you break through the noise because of the relationships that you develop. You break through the noise because of the understanding that you have of somebody's business, which is going to be different than anybody else's business, and that you have that because of 
the way in which you've approached the customer. It's, you know, anything they can get using that, uh, using the Internet that's, you know, open information, that's not where we are anymore. Yeah. Now, has that changed, for example? Has uh, that changed uh, how people purchase products? Absolutely. And certainly on a transactional basis, it's changed it. But on a B2B base, basis, not quite so much. Yeah, yes. Right. You know, if I'm going to go out and buy, you know, uh, screws or, or nails or something, I know what I want, the number I want, quantity, etc. I can do that easily on the Internet, but yeah. that's not where we are. We're not talking transactional sales at this point. No, that's good. Well, I heard three real critical components that I want to go back and ask you to re- revisit, Jack, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what are the differentiators. One, I heard you say you break through the noise by, you know, what you know about the customer that, you know, mm-hmm. a competitor would not know. The other I heard you say was about the quality of the relationships that you, mm-hmm. you know, have. What was the third one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's re- back up Did the tape and listen to the podcast. Yeah, it was it was good. You yeah. know, it was good though. But I mean, it's all about differentiating, all about differentiating yourself. Yeah. And it sounds like well, and it, that there was a difference between transactional sales and business to business sales, and that that was part of it too. You asked me another question that I was trying to concentrate on, and that's probably why I forgot the third one. Where you were t- getting back to education for a minute, and you were talking about the core courses, and then I. Yeah, it was my fault. I messed it up. Well, that's okay. We'll go I back and listen. To, we'll go back and listen to the podcast because what I'm 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 listing for these salient components that our clients who have sales organizations and sales forces are looking for. Right. And Jack hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it's this differentiator, and uh, and if I'm a organization who has a sales force and I want to produce and develop, you know, you know, the best sales force then, you know, I'm going to get them down to the foster program and make sure that they are fully immersed in what Jack is helping them learn yeah. because in the marketplace, it's all about differentiating yourself. Let's get back. We're, we're going to hit, we have to take a break right now, but we're going to get back when we come back to the uh, the three legs of the stool of the education yeah, okay, in the business. Fine. We'll get back to that. How's that, Steve? Does that That's work good. for you? All That's right. good. Well, you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. Obviously, we've got a lot to talk about with Jack. We'll be right back. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms, they go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. And we're back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. And right before I rudely interrupted the uh, the sweet flow of conversation happening between Jack and Steve here, 
Uh, Steve, you had a, a question that was going to lead us back into what Jack had mentioned as the three-legged stool of, of education. Well, Jack also was talking about these three core courses in addition to, right. you know, all of the general business courses that, you know, students in his program, you know, need to participate in. And what I was wondering and wanting him to, to talk about is, you know, what are the main components of the foster sales program other than the ones that he's hit on thus far? Is there, you know, this sounding like a real exciting way to develop professional salespeople for this new era where a salesperson is no longer someone who makes a living in sales. It's someone who is more like a, a medical professional, an MD or a doctor, a problem solver who needs to know what they're doing and have intelligence and relationships and you know, internet information and capacity and be part of a team, you know, this, yeah. is, this is a huge differentiation. Well, let me expand upon that a little bit if I can, Steve. Basically, what we do is they take the business courses already discussed. Then in addition to that, they have to take three courses that are specifically driven towards sales. One, of course, is the principles of selling course, and basically that's when we take them through everything from the very beginning to the consultative to where we are today. And then the second course is a Salesforce management course. And the Salesforce management course then just puts them in a position to take that, those core basic information pieces that we have in the principles course and put them in the role of a sales manager. They, they learn things such as ethics and leadership and those kinds of items and how to write a performance evaluation. Then the third course is the practicum that I just talked to you. But what I haven't talked to you about are the two extra courses. There are two additional elective courses they need to take in order to complete the certificate. And that, those courses have to have a sales focus, such as negotiations or consumer behavior. And they are eight hours of courses, four hours each. And once they get done with all of them, they've got 20 hours of business-slash-sales kind of education. You know, I'm wondering in listening to you and, and, and from, from the standpoint of our listeners, uh, let's say there's a student out there someplace that, mm -hmm. you know, isn't in the foster school, maybe they're... Um, at a um, community college, but mm -hmm. uh, they have a passion for sales. They want to pursue a career, uh, a future in sales. And it sounds like, you know, when they're listening to you on the radio, uh, you're telling them everything that they really need to learn in order to be very, very successful doing this. You know, how do you go about selecting your students? You know, is it just for those who are enrolled in a four-year degree? Is there someone that you know, maybe a corporation that's listening that wants to send, you know, some of their people through the program that can learn from you and may not be enrolled in a four-year program? You know, what are the mm -hmm. admissions criteria and how do, you, how do you get your population? Well, unfortunately, for those who are not a part of the, you know, in school, we don't have a program. You know, if we were to do, it would be through uh, executive education or outside education, which is part of the foster school, so to speak. But it's not a part of the uh, undergraduate program, and we teaching right now in the undergraduate program. So those folks would not be eligible. It's all the students that are currently enrolled in the University of Washington at the undergraduate level. And uh, let's say if there was a community college student who's finishing their two-year associate's degree and is headed toward the U, um, would, they, would the courses that they complete in the qualifying community college uh, help build the foundation that they need in order to get into your program, Jack? The answer is yes. I simply have to review the syllabus, and uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. Sounds outstanding. Yeah. Sounds okay. outstanding. This, this, uh, you're really doing some groundbreaking things that, um, you know, more universities should be involved in if they're going to be in tune with what the future needs. Well, we feel that way. I will tell you that the uh, the growth around the country, when we started like 15 years ago, um, there were probably 15 universities that had a similar type program. And today we're pushing over 100. I should, in, Incidentally, I should also tell you a couple of other things that we do with the program. One is we compete nationally at uh, various universities. We take two national competitions a year. We compete at Indiana University in a competition that's uh, sponsored by corporations, 3M and Altria, to be specific, in a national team selling competition. So that's a four-person team that works with a case that's put together over a year. We get it two weeks before we get there, and we compete against 20 other universities. 
I'm proud to tell you we won that just about two months ago. That's great. That was fun. That's great. Now, in addition, we put, we uh, we also compete in a one-on-one competition where we're just calling on a buyer, and it's run like the NCAA tournament. You're bracketed based on your previous year's experience. There are something like 62 universities that compete, and you got to move on over a three-day period of time through you know, each bracket, and you win, you move on, you move on, just get to the Sweet 16, you get to the Final Four. But each time you move on, you move on with a new case, so you have to be on your feet and change the company that you're calling on, although the product remains the same. So we do that in addition to what I've already told you. And one other piece of information is that there is now here at the Foster School a center for sales and marketing strategy, and that center includes us and but it and it's uh, one of its primary responsibilities is to put together research uh with uh, Rob Palmatier who's a doctor Palmatier is in the marketing department and he's dealing on the research end where I'm dealing more on the pragmatic end so we now are a part of a center for uh, sales and marketing strategy yeah so so outstanding so what's what's the vision for the future of the sales program in at the Foster School what's it going to be like as we move into the future? Well, a couple of things. Uh, we look at critical mass being about 200 students at this point in time. We're now budgeted this year for 150. Uh, we have a board, incidentally, uh, Steve, and the, the board is responsible for two things. One is to continue to monitor our curriculum to make sure that we are accurate with what the corporations are looking for. And I will tell you that the future should include some more emphasis on inside sales, as I just described a little bit earlier. That's another thing that's going to occur. And we uh, we also are basically self-funded, so we have to monitor our growth relative to the amount of uh, the dollars we have to continue to educate these folks. So those are the, some of the things I think the board has been very instrumental in giving us some direction in terms of curriculum, uh, inside sales being just one of those. We will employ a sales lab here so that we can start to get some, uh, you know, pragmatic experience in terms of doing outgoing and incoming calls. Very thorough. Very thorough. So what are the obstacles that are facing the foster sales program? What slows you guys down? With all respect, uh, academia does not quite work as fast as business, so some of the needs that we have, uh, take longer. Says a business guy who's now become an academic. That's right. <laughs> you got that correct. <laughs> uh, but it, so it, we move a little slower from a standpoint of, and for some of the right reasons, uh, you you know, when you make a significant change in terms of your curriculum, you're impacting a lot of other parts of the organization. You've got, you know, you got to find rooms to teach them in, for example. Uh, you may be impacting another class that's already being taught in the department, for example. Uh, so there are reasons it takes time to get those things through, but there are some some courses that we need to take. We have inside our current course of Principles of Selling, it's a very excellent basic course. We do a lot of role-playing in that particular class. We should have an advanced course, which gets more into in-depth case analysis. So those are the kinds of things that I look forward to adding to the curriculum. Yeah, are you getting, Jack, are you getting any, um, or and this may not even be your focus, are you getting any uh, former grads that are coming back now and sprucing up on, you know, their sales expertise because they didn't learn that when they had the opportunity to complete their four-year program, you know, any uh, executive type of, of study programs or execs coming back to learn more and take some of the courses that you're offering? Well, we don't have that per se. We do have, however, students coming back, former students coming back, I should say, to participate in the program. You know, a couple of things that we do on a regular basis is put together panels so that our students can just listen to students who have been out for five years and then students that have, or people that have been out for five-plus years. We do have those people. We do have an alumni group that comes back once a year in, uh, to to help us a little bit in terms of uh, some of our activities. We have some of the some of our former students coming back and in helping in the interview process for future students to get into the program. But we don't have them, any of them coming back for additional learning at this point. Actually, we don't have a program for additional learning at this juncture. Yeah. Any online learning experiences in the future as you see it? The answer is yes, but have we got there yet? No. Okay. So it sounds like um, 
you've really uncapped a whole new area of expertise that not only is there a need for in a market, but uh, not only are corporations embracing it, but individuals who want to learn and pursue a career in professional selling is embracing it. It looks like you know, the trend is there. You, you you guys were on the front edge of some of the innovators, but now other universities are picking this up. But ultimately, maybe hopefully in a few years, much of what you're helping people learn and future sales professions learn, professionals learn will even be available, you know, through online programs as well as in the classroom programs. As best as you can do online programs when you need to do some of the, you know, interpersonal training, the answer is yes. Sure. I will tell you, you know, probably the one statistic that uh, stands out with the program is that we've got a 90, last year we had a 93.4% placement rate. Wow. That's awesome. When you put that against uh, undergraduates around the country, not just the University of Washington, uh, you're looking at something around 50%. That's huge. So it's like a guarantee for an excellent job? Yeah. If you want to be in in sales, particularly B2B or even B2C, it's just that we don't concentrate on B2C, but the same, you know, the same rubrics and the same kind of skill sets can be applied, but we concentrate more on B2B. Are there certain local uh, corporations or organizations picking up more students than others? Can you talk about that? Is that allowed? I don't know. Uh, no, I, you know I, I have no problem talking about it. We've got uh, placements in almost any segment from technology to sports marketing yeah. to consumer products goods. I would say if you're looking at consumer products goods as a whole, that's where more of them are going. Uh, but, uh, you know, last year we placed people at Microsoft and Amazon in pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the demand, is, the demand is there from a corporate point of view. Right. As a matter of fact, one of the things that's happening across the country is there's some, some companies uh, are identifying schools like ours and hand-selecting which ones they want to work with mm-hmm. and then coming out and just doing that. That's uh, awesome. And that, that, you know, that's obviously a plus for them. It cuts down on their cost. Uh, and they're getting the kind of students they want, yeah. and then they're able to support financially and otherwise the schools that uh, they've got an investment in. Oh, that's great. we got to go into our last break. Steve, you're going to have uh, – we're, we're going to put the coach's hat on here? Yeah. We're going to have a little coach's hat time okay. with Jack Rhodes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. We'll be right back. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome, because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. And we're back. 
You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. We're with Jack Rhodes from the Foster School of Business. Steve, you are already excited and pumped to get into the coach's hat business with Jack, I can tell. Well, this is my favorite segment on the show. It is your favorite. Because I'm a bottom line guy, and I like to get to the bottom lines. Steve Steve wants Jack's tweets. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to deliver to our guests and our listeners, you know, salient points that they can zero in on and really go after and then expand and go deeper and listen listen to the rest of the show. But in the, in this case, Jack, I want you to put your coach's hat on from two points of view. You know, one from a standpoint of, you know, business leaders who have products and services to sell, which you spend a lot of time, you know, supporting and meeting the needs. And then I'm going to ask you in a second segment, uh, you know, if you were if you were an up and coming student, you know, a, a either let's say a student who's at the community college level and is going to make you know looking to make a transfer to a four year institution like the Foster School, or you were a student like most freshmen, you know, come to a university wondering, you know, what am I going to major in? What do I like? What really fits? What are my talents and gifts? Where do I want to go? You know, and specialize. Uh, I'm going to ask you to put your coach's hat on and give some advice you know, to those groups of population in terms of what should they be doing, what should they be watching for, what should they be looking out for, knowing that, you know, this business of professional sales, and it really is a business, a business of professional sales is a up-and-coming, growing market segment. It is all about, you know, emphasis on the professional, much like a architect or a doctor or a lawyer who requires more than just you know, some good talent and ability and charisma to go be successful. Um, you know, you, you take whichever one you want first. Take the business leader side who has a sales force or take the student side. What should they be looking for? What are the tips that they should focus on? Fine. Thanks, Steve. I'd be glad to give that a shot. Uh, the first is uh, let me take the leader side, the business leader side at this point in time. What should they be doing? I think that they should be thinking in terms of uh, maybe changing their, their thought processes about sales. It's becoming more metrics-driven than ever before. I think they should try to partner with uh, corporations that can outsource and, and uh, some help for them. Uh, I'll throw out one example, and certainly I know this company very well. I sit on their executive board so everybody understands where I'm coming from. The company is the Challey Group, which does assessments for corporations. Now, I don't just mean to hire. They do assessments in terms of everything, not just to hire, but to get you involved in terms of your teams working effectively. I think this is becoming such a specialized world in terms of sales today that individual corporations got to say it's different than it ever used to be. Sales managers need to be held more accountable than just making quota. They've got to understand the depth that's taking place in terms of relationships, in terms of the customer and the customer's customer. And there are corporations out there that are doing that kind of outsourced work for them that can be of huge value to them. So I think they have to think of it in those terms, and that's one thing I would recommend. The other thing I would recommend from a standpoint of the leaders is, is you know, this may sound self-serving, but it's proving out to be very justifiable. Uh, Steve, we have a mutual friend who got involved with our uh, sales program here, uh, Pat, per- yep. specifically. Yeah, Pat and Chestnut. Pat Chestnut, specifically. Pat's and, been on our show before. Yeah, and Pat, uh, Pat, for example, said, Jack, I want to take a chance with young people because I think they bring something to the party that maybe the people within my organization don't necessarily and that's very true. These young people coming out of school today are so much more technologically driven than the previous salespeople. They're going to bring that to the party. They're going to bring energy. And now they've got 20 credits plus a practicum that they can say, we understand sales. Let me give you some statistics, some statistics that's, that the business leaders ought to be aware of. Uh, for example, the ramp-up time, the sales grads ramp up 50% faster and are 30% less likely to turn over. I think some leaders should take a look at some of these numbers with the companies that are producing these numbers. And again, that's a Chally number, for example. Another number that comes from Howard Stevens at Chally and something called the Sales Educational Foundation. I actually sit on that board, not the Chally board. Uh, but, you know, another statistic is that over an 18-month period of time, because of the training and experience these students are getting out of college, there's about $100,000 worth of savings that don't transfer to the company. So what I'm saying to the leaders is take a look at what's available to you. 
and then from some of these other companies that are serving you or can serve you uh, in terms of the kinds of uh, salespeople and sales managers you may want to appoint at some point in time, because there's a huge, another subject, but there's a huge change going on in terms of sales management, not just in sales. Get off to the students for a second. Um, I think that, the, you know, from a student point of view, whether it's a student in <clears throat> in the business school here, the foster school here, or a student in the university, or a student coming in in, com- in community college, I think they should be taking a look at, at classes, and ours would fit, of course, that can provide them with a skill set when they go out that they can be immediately productive. And in, por- in part, that also means expand your knowledge relative to getting internships, not just in this program, but internships outside. So they have got something, and when they get out into the marketplace, that they are basically can sell. Now, we, were, we, we hosted here uh, about, uh, well, a year ago this past September, uh, Steve Forbes from Forbes Magazine, and uh, he was here, and one of the questions we asked him in the green room prior to a panel that he was on uh, was, how do you see the difference in education? And he says, one of the major things I see is that companies are going to start testing graduates that come out of colleges, and when they start testing them, they're going to test them to see if they immediately can step into an assignment for which they are applying. Are they, how soon are they going to be productive? Things are so much faster today that the more productive you can be from the stand, time you leave school until you get into the workforce, wow, that would be one of the things I would recommend the students grab onto and, uh, and, and, and teach themselves. I also recommend they get internships and get the pragmatic education that they need to be productive when they get into the market. So key word being get productive as fast as you can and don't just be waiting for your, your degree or your credential and then start thinking about becoming productive. Precisely, and get an earlier start on it. Don't wait till your senior year. Yeah, well said. Jack, you, your advice and your input has been so helpful. Well, thank you for having me on. Been a great show, another one. And uh, Jack, stay on the line because as soon as we break, Steve's going to want to have a quick chat with you. Fine. But you guys have been listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. Steve, when's our workshop coming up? January 21st and 22nd. You can register. In Bellevue, Washington. In Bellevue, Washington. You can register for that right now at ExcellentCultures.com. It's the first slide on the rotator. Just click it and you get the details about what's happening there so that we don't. Uh, we could spend it. We should just spend a whole radio show talking about what happens in those. It's a thought. And give a little uh, infomercial for ourselves. Well, give cool. people the opportunity to learn just like Jack yeah. has shared with us today. You totally. Know, what they don't know about business culture and how it uh, is at the root of so many of the high-performance indicators that we talked about. Absolutely. And, hey, you might win a free tuition. Email us right now. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. Put in the subject line freebie. All right, we'll see you next Wednesday. Next week. Next week on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com.